0: (laughs) Luke chapter two, I'm gonna start in verse one. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, he is the Messiah, the Lord. All right, uh, yeah, when you've read something a thousand times and it makes you cry again, okay, um, this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby, wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saving, saying, glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. God, we thank you for your word today. We ask that you would speak to us, help us to see you even clearer today than we've ever seen you before. I don't understand why you love us so much, but I'm grateful that you do. And I'm thankful that you sent your son to the lowest place to show us that there's no place we could ever go, that your love won't reach us. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. I love this story because it starts out showing us that God will move the entire world to get you to where you're supposed to be. The Bible tells us here at the beginning of this story, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a should be taken of the entire Roman world. It teaches us that God will use his power to not only make the world fit into what he has for you, but he will make sure by his power that all the ends are full. I think it's an amazing thing, isn't it, that the God who controls heaven and earth, is Lord of all, is not just able to control the world at large, but he is concerned and he is in control of the details of my life and of your life. God is in control. And God is making a statement about his power over the world. He arranges for the entire Roman world to be registered teaches me that God is not out of touch with what is happening in the world even right now. And I don't have to be afraid. And you don't have to be afraid of anything that's happening in the world right now because God is in control. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And sometimes it's easier to believe that God is in control of the world than it is to believe that he is in control of my life. (laughs) Isn't it? I can see how things are coming together on a global scale as far as even God's word is concerned. I I can look at the scriptures and look at the world and say, wow, it's lining up just as he said it would. But very often I look at the world and I look at my life and I'm like, I'm glad you're working on that, but what about me? I'm glad you arranged for the whole world to be registered, but how about a hotel room after I've traveled 90 miles with my pregnant wife just so we can get some rest. It's interesting, isn't it? This journey is a long journey for them. For us, it'd be short. It's like going to Knoxville. It's not that big of a deal, unless you're walking, you have a donkey, (laughs) your wife is pregnant. (laughs) And there's highways, right? We have the highways, they didn't have this type of highway system. They were walking over hills and mountains and where we came in and with TNT blew the mountains apart so we could run roads through, they're walking over. And so this 90 mile journey would have taken four to seven days for them to get there. And then when they finally get there, have you ever gotten through a very difficult season only to find yourself walking right into another one? (laughs) You're like, you're like, hey, welcome to the past two years, Rob. Where have you been? <laughs> like, no, it just feels like you've got, finally gotten to the end. You're there. You're like, you're, you're, you're tying up the donkeys, and you're like, I'm going in to get the room, and, we're gonna, and then you find out, oh, gosh, we just left a tough season. Now we're about to enter into another one. No room in the end. When you finally get there and there's no room, A song to sing, but no place to sing it. A sermon to preach, but no place to preach it. A book to write, but no one to publish it. Something in you that's ready to be born, but nowhere to have it. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, like there's something in you, but there's no place for you. There's a song that you feel like is in you, but there's nowhere to sing it. There's a sermon you feel like is in you, but there's nowhere to preach it. There's something in you, but there's nowhere to have it. And it feels like all of the doors of opportunity just keep getting closed in your face. A degree in your hands, but no job Experience, but a paycheck that doesn't match the experience. Dreams, but a life that doesn't look like the dreams. This is what they're experiencing. in this moment, just like in this room, it's really quiet in this room. They're in this space for them. This was a quiet moment. This isn't the same as the moment where the angel appears and announces the birth. The last time they heard from God was at the announcement of the birth, and they've been walking through this entire period without really hearing from God. What do you do when God spoke something into your life, and now you're sitting in a place where it looks like the thing that God spoke into your life is not going to happen the way you thought it was going to happen, and God isn't talking to you about it? And if you look at the story, Joseph and Mary don't know this, but we know God's talking to a lot of people in this moment, but he's not talking to Joseph and Mary in this moment. Isn't it an amazing thing that when it seems like we need the voice of of God the most, it feels like sometimes that's the moment when he's the quietest. I just need confirmation, God. Like, nothing is working out. Nothing is happening for me. None of the doors that I push on are opening. It seems like everywhere I go, there's no space for me. There's no room for me. Nothing is opening up for me. I just need you to confirm to me that I'm where you want me to be. (laughs) And he's not speaking to you. It's amazing, isn't it, how sometimes God, right in the middle of his will, Gets the quietest. He gets the quietest. From heaven's perspective, this is a powerful moment. The angels show up to the shepherds in the field and they're praising God. The magi, when they find out later, they're they're traveling and they're excited, they're following a star. Joseph and Mary, it's lights out for Joseph and Mary. No angel visitations. For heaven, it's an exciting moment of rejoicing. For the shepherds, they're excited because the Savior is born. For the magi, they're following the star to find the Savior of the world. For Joseph and Mary, the people right in the middle of it, it's quiet, it's desperate. The angels are rejoicing, but Joseph and Mary are looking, looking for a place to rest. Looking for safety. Don't you ever let anyone convince you that just